0: This is Fantasy Football today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Touchdown! Oh, he's done it again. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben.
1: Well, it's already been a pretty wacky year. A lot of unpredictable stuff. Anything crazier than the Bears being four and one? somehow winning that game. They have won three games this year already while trailing by double digits. Welcome to the show, everybody. We will recap the 20-19 victory for the Chicago Bears. Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Jamie Eisberg. Start or sit for the most of the NFC home games, plus uh, Philadelphia and and Pittsburgh. And the last game we preview will be Buffalo and Tennessee. Because we may not see that game, but we're optimistic that it'll be played on Tuesday. Well, it's true. It's
2: true. We got Tuesday football. Hey, Adam. Yes? Guess what? What? Tom Brady thinks the Bears are three and one.
1: (laughs) Got anything else?
2: Uh, No, I used all my good ones uh, on the fantasy football
1: Everybody, you got to listen to fantasy football today in five. JB's just firing zingers right after the game. I'll
2: I'll give you one of the, I think, three jokes I told, which was um, when Adam was saying, listen to the fantasy football today in five. I said, Tom Brady loves this podcast, except he calls it the fantasy football
1: today in four. JB was on fire. You know, actually, interesting stat to come out of this game. Tampa Bay. They have the lowest fifth down conversion rate in the NFL, guys. <laughs> All right,
2: it's uh, let's let's get to this game. You know what? When he holds up his hand, most of the time there's rings on it, so he has every right to do <laughs> whatever he wants.
1: I guess so. I guess so. I, you know, if he had been a crappier quarterback, the media would have like pressed him on it because they asked about it like, once, I think, and he was like, "Yeah, we needed to. We were going for a chunk there, and they should be like, Tom, did you know what down it was?" And they didn't.
2: I mean, the old jokes were just all over the place.
1: Oh, yeah, that was no good. Okay, so um, also after we preview the game, we've got the startometer meter of course. We've got beat the waiver wire, Eric Ebron. I know we've talked about him a lot for this week, but basically his entire schedule, rest of season, is good. So you can think about him. Uh, we'll give you some DSTs to pick up for next week. Some fun stats to know, like how good the Panthers run defense has been with Kawan Short playing. 60 seconds rankings disputes for... Couple of wide receivers that one plays for the Giants and one used to play for the Giants. We'll tell you why Daryl Henderson wasn't used last week. I'll give you a quote from Sean McVay. But twenty to nineteen Bears over the Buccaneers. Uh, let's do let's do some comparisons to talk about the relevant players in this game. Who would you rather have rest of season? David Montgomery, who had ten carries for twenty nine yards and a touchdown, but also seven catches for thirty yards. That's ten catches in his last two games without Cohen. Or Ronald Jones, back-to-back 100-yard performances and nine catches in his last two games. Who would you rather have rest of season, Dave, Ronald Jones, or or David Montgomery?
0: I would rather have Ronald Jones. I think he's he's, uh, earning his way here. Past couple of weeks without Leonard Fournette, he's taken advantage of the situation. He's one of the bright spots of this Tampa Bay offense, or maybe I should say one of the more consistent spots of the Tampa Bay offense and uh, love what I've seen. This is kind of what I was hoping for just without the static of Leonard Fournette joining the team and, and mucking it all up a month ago. But David Montgomery, this is the second straight game where he's played at least 80% of the snaps and had 10 carries. There's there. Clearly the coaching staff does not love their run game right now.
1: It's pretty interesting. You couldn't expect too much, though, against the Bucs, right? I mean, can you chalk it up to matchups? Sure,
0: but, but at the very least, you want to try and have some sort of rushing presence from game to game, no matter who you play. Jamie, I who mean, would you rather have? They didn't play the Bucs last week. It was the same thing.
2: Uh, no, but they play a run defense is just as good. And I think that's part of the problem because the Colts defense is great. And so uh, I, I look at what the workload is for David Montgomery right now. And I'll take him uh, because as Dave said, which I don't think Ronald Jones is going to be bad, but he's going to lose touches to Leonard Fournette because you have to go based on what we saw the first two weeks of the season when they were using both guys. And so then you factor in what happens when LeSean McCoy or whatever Keyshawn Vaughn becomes uh, working in as well. So I think it's going to be a problem for Ronald Jones. He would be a sell-high candidate for me coming off this game. And David Montgomery would be a buy-low candidate because the fact that he's being used in the uh, passing game as much as he is is going to be very exciting for him moving forward when the matchups get easier for him. So uh, you mentioned it. The Carolina run defense has been better with, with Shorten there. That's what they get next week. So it could be another bit of a struggle for him. But the fact that he's got 14 targets in the two games without Tariq Cohen is very, very encouraging. And so I think you're going to see when the matchups get a little bit easier for him, some big games are ahead. So I'll take David Montgomery,
0: but I think it's close. How many targets does Ronald Jones have in two games without Leonard Fournette? Right, but it's not like Leonard Fournette's not coming
2: back. And the fact that he was active last night shows he's probably going to play next week.
0: Maybe. Yeah. He was an emergency (laughs) active, I think, just in case of emergency. 14 targets for Jones the last two games. So... I don't know. Maybe it's the same thing. Maybe they're the same guy, but one of them's got a better offensive line. One of them's playing with a better quarterback. It's close. I'll admit that it's close, but you know how I feel about Rojo anyway.
1: Yeah, I know. I just don't know how Bruce Arians feels about him. And one thing he really can't do is catch. Do you really think he feels (laughs)
0: badly about him after the last two games? He shouldn't, but... Uh, That's what I think. Well, he had ever. no other
2: choice. I mean, he had after Vaughn got uh, banged up in the game last night, he had no other choice. Ronald Jones played great. He's He's been great the last two weeks. This isn't a bad uh, thing about Ronald Jones, but at some point Leonard Fournette's going to play and he's going to be a problem for, for him. Whereas David Montgomery sharing with Ryan Nall, who played one snap on offense and got an, a, a false start penalty, he's not going to be there. <laughs> and Cordero Patterson's kind of, I think you know what he is. You know, so if Fournette takes 20% of the work, 30% of the work, Maybe 10% of the work. I don't know, but he's going to take work away from uh, Ronald Jones, and at some point it's going to be a problem.
1: Okay, let's do our next comparison here. Who would you rather have rest of season or rank them? Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Allen Robinson. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, who has scored a touchdown, at least one in every game, and Allen Robinson, who uh, is a PPR machine.
2: I'll still take Godwin first, Robinson second, and Evans third, and that's the way I had it ranked in PPR.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know when Godwin's coming back, so I think he would be third for me. If I felt good about him playing in week number six, then I'd probably put him first. But I don't know when he's coming back, and I don't know if he can stay healthy when he does come back. I will take Evans, Robinson, Godwin. A uh, horrible day for Scott Miller.
1: Did not get one target. Played 63% of the snaps. He was banged up coming in, but that really stunk. That was disappointing. Decoy. Uh, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Right, um, who who would you rather have rest of season, Rob Gronkowski or Jimmy Graham? And did this game not get enough appreciation for having two of the greatest pass catching tight ends ever facing off against each other in the twilight of their careers? You
2: know, both had some interesting moments. Uh, Graham's touchdown catch was awesome, mm-hmm. and you know Gronk just does not look right. He's just laboring no. all over the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know had. Uh, you know, decent numbers for what he's been this season. I'd rather have Graham.
0: I'd rather have Graham, too, but I'd much rather find somebody else off the waiver wire every single week than trust either one of these two. I mean, I, I think what you're saying
2: is 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 probably the way most people feel, but Graham's been productive now in three or five games, and it's hard to overlook that they use him in the red zone as much as they do. He could have had two yeah. touchdowns in that game. D- yep, he, it's
1: true. Uh, I thought his red zone targets came on the same drive. Am I wrong? It, you, you might be right.
0: Yeah, but no, but he 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 was real close to scoring before he actually did score. So that would be two, not two touchdowns in the game,
1: right? But the broader point for Jimmy Graham, and the the stats haven't updated on Pro Football Reference, but I'm pretty sure this is now the case. I think he is now tied for the lead in red zone targets with Aaron Jones. Mm -hmm. uh, That he is, and right up there in targets inside the ten yard line too. That's where they that's where they look for him.
0: Um, See the air he got on that touchdown catch. Uh, I mean that makes dads everywhere feel good about themselves seeing something like that.
1: Anything else in this game? I mean, do we want to talk about Mike Evans? He's been very touchdown dependent. He had two 100 yard games, but both of those were without Chris Godwin. And uh, he didn't look right last night. He, yeah, that's no. a good point. He was, he wasn't, he wasn't fully healthy. So the extra time will help him. Okay, yeah, must start.
0: All right, and that's the you game. Can say goodbye to Anthony Miller if you haven't already. Yeah. Twenty to nineteen.
1: I cannot believe they won that game. I just good for them. Good for them. The offensive line
0: for Tampa Bay was terrible.
1: Worf's, the most right? fraudulent Need
0: four and one team in NFL history. The Bears. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, uh, no, the other team that's four and one, which is none. Well, Tom Tom Brady thinks they're two and two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sunday is a big day. It's week five, and you're going to have a lot of questions about, hey, which games are actually happening this week? Tune in to CBS Sports HQ. How do you do that? You download the CBS Sports HQ app on your connected device, your Amazon Fire, your Roku, your Apple TV, whatever, CBS Sports HQ, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Tune in for that. Twitch, uh twitch.com slash FF today. We just answer questions for an hour. It's really fun. Noon Eastern on Twitch. And then 4 p.m. Eastern on Twitch. Lowe's home team watch party. Giants and Cowboys. Steve Weatherford joining us to represent the Giants. Demarcus Ware joining us to represent the Cowboys. You will not get better football insight. And with a question the the things we've learned over the last few weeks from Dante Hall, Sean Merriman. Sean Merriman told us about the grunts that Tom Brady makes when you hit him. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was really funny. Um, Danny Woodhead giving us so much football insight. Damian Williams giving us so much football insight. Talking about Jay Cutler. Uh, good stuff. So join us 4 p.m. Eastern on Twitch for the Home Team Watch Party presented by Lowe's. All right, the news and notes. Tennessee Buffalo is going to be played Tuesday at 6, I hope, because that's just awesome. If you didn't listen to FFT and 5, Jamie mentioned it. This game, if it's played on Tuesday, it will count as Week 5. So that's that's good, but um, just be aware of that. And the Bills are scheduled to play on Thursday. That's not going to happen. If they play on Tuesday, they will. I don't know why they're not playing on Monday. They'll play uh, – anyway, okay, what I'm saying is in Week 6, I don't know why they're not moving the game to Monday – Tentatively, they're moving it to Sunday, Bill's Chiefs. But just give it, like, move it to Monday. Um, Denver, New England will be played Monday at 5 p.m. So there's football all the time, ladies and gentlemen. Injuries. Drew Locke may not play this week at New England. We don't know yet. Justin Herbert named the permanent starter. Jamie, Justin Herbert rostered in 61% of leagues. Very enticing schedule coming up. The Saints allow the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Then it's the Jets, the Dolphins, the Jaguars. Uh, What do you think about Herbert? Is he a must-add?
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, what you see from him through three starts, he's averaging over 300 passing yards per game. He's got two games of the three with multiple touchdowns. He did uh, some pretty admirable things against that Tampa Bay defense last week on the road without Mike Williams and with Austin Eckler getting hurt. So, uh, obviously, Eckler's not back anytime soon, but hopefully Williams will return uh, at this point, most likely week six. This week's interesting because back-to-back road games – New Orleans looks like they're getting healthy defensively with Marshawn Lattimore and Marcus Davenport practicing. So just take that into account if you're starting Herbert this week. But I still think he's going to have to throw. He should still have an opportunity to make some plays. And he's a low end starter. And so I I think moving forward, when matchups get easier and he gets his guys back, then you're going to really be excited about Herbert. So, yeah, what he's shown you through three games makes you should make you excited about what he could be. And, you know, like I said yesterday, it's a it's a tough decision, tough decision for Anthony Lynn. Feel bad for Tyrod Taylor the way he got hurt. This was eventually going to happen. It just you know, it sucks for him for the way that it unfolded.
0: Most of everybody has a quarterback that's got a bye week coming up after this week. Go ahead and see who Justin Herbert's playing during that bye week, and if you like the matchup, stash Herbert for that.
2: Right. I think they get. I I just know this because I have Dak Prescott in one league. I think their bye is week ten. Yes. And I believe Herbert gets the Jets in week ten.
1: I don't think so. I think he gets them in week seven. Oh, maybe he's on week a six. Buy in week 10. Yeah, yeah, Herbert's he's on, on bye. He's on ten. Buy in week ten. Yeah, next week is the Jets. And he the, you does know get what?
0: The Dolphins in week ten, though. No, he. Who does? Herbert oh, has the Dolphins. In you're same. right. No, uh, Herbert's got the Dolphins at a different point. Week seven. Week seven. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. No, I just said the schedule was great: Saints, Jets, Dolphins, Jaguars. That's his next four games. Um. Okay. Uh, by the way, Austin Eckler is not on IR. They're only committing to him missing one game at this point. It the wow. initial reports were four to six, but they haven't committed to putting him in IR. So that is really interesting. It could Maybe be something that happens
2: this weekend when they make a roster move.
1: It, yeah, well, it better That's because possible. it's not like it's not like baseball. You can't backdate it. You know, you, you go you miss three games from when you're put on IR. Unless I'm not wrong about that, am I? It's not like nope. well he missed he missed week four we put him on IR in week five week four counts for that it doesn't so no so doesn't it'd, work that way it'd be very telling to see if they put him on IR this weekend uh, do we think Jimmy Garoppolo and Raheem Mostert are going to play against the Dolphins they were both limited yes okay we're previewing that game a little bit later uh, does that mean McKinnon is a sit no
0: it is and he's like a flex in non ppr
2: Okay. Yeah, we don't know how healthy Mostert will be while he's out there. And I would imagine they're going to continue to do what they've done for the past billion years and give multiple guys touches. So uh, McKinnon's still a low-end starter both leagues for me.
1: But have you noticed, though, that they've really been kind of a one-back team? Uh, well, they, I mean, injuries have sort of forced their hand in that. Yeah, but this year, like, Mostert was getting a mm-hmm. pretty big amount of the work, at least in Week 1. And then McKinnon was getting all the work in Week 3 before he got hurt. And then, you know, Wilson—I don't actually don't remember Wilson's numbers in Week 4— but, he didn't uh, do anything. Yeah, that's what I yeah. thought. So they've been they've been a little bit more single back this year. Yeah, I would imagine with some combination of
2: Mostert, McKinnon, and eventually Coleman, you're going to see multiple guys touch the ball.
1: All right, uh, Julio Jones practice, and we just don't know if he's going to play. Chase Young did practice. Tyron Smith for the Cowboys could be out for the season. I mean, it hasn't really hindered their offense, but that just really sucks. And they get ready for the Giants this week. Lamar Jackson mispracticed with a knee injury and also an illness. He is expected to play against Cincinnati. Romeo Cornell is going to be a head coach this week against the Jaguars for the Houston Texans. He's going to become the oldest head coach in NFL history at 73 years old and 112 days as well. Uh, 73 and 112 days. But who's counting? Byron Jones practiced for the Dolphins. So it looks like he's going to play at San Francisco. Philadelphia is pretty banged up. A couple teams are banged up. Philadelphia and the Bills come to mind. Um, Philadelphia starting middle linebacker TJ Edwards likely out. They also have injuries to two defensive backs cornerback Avante Maddox, safety Rodney McLeod. So that could help Ben Roethlisberger. And for the Titans on Tuesday getting the Bills, you know, you're worried about John U. Smith. Well, Matt Milano is not going to play, he's week to week. And also Tredavious White has missed practice and Levi Wallace, another cornerback, is on IR. So the Bills' defense hasn't been great this year anyway, and they're missing potentially three big pieces.
0: If I were Buffalo, I'd be fighting like hell to like complain about this game and say it's threatening the health of our team if we play this game. <laughs> game and don't make us play this game and try and be the only team in the league with two buys. <laughs> well, what happened to the Titans then? Oh, I guess the Titans would have two buys, too. Or maybe they forfeit it. Yeah, make them forfeit it. That's B- what I Bills would say. Bills get a free win. Yeah. That wouldn't be fair. I don't think they'd get a win, but the Titans might end up being forced to take the L.
2: Yeah, I mean, you hope from the Bills' health standpoint, the extra day days gives those yeah. guys time to get back.
1: Hopefully. Atlanta cornerback A.J. Terrell is off the COVID IR list. He will play this week. He played weeks one and two, so
0: I don't think this is going to be a huge uh, deal. Uh, no, and, they, they need yeah. the depth, though, at the very yeah. least. And yeah. he wasn't terrible, if I recall. All right. Do
1: you expect the following players? Alshon Jeffrey at Pittsburgh. No. No, he mispracticed
0: on
2: Thursday
1: with an illness on top of the foot injury. Michael Thomas on Monday night against the Chargers.
2: It's such a weird scenario because they have a bye next week. So, you know, it, it's it's tricky. Just hopefully we get some answer by Saturday.
1: It's tricky. Mark Andrews against Cincinnati. <laughs> Yes. Mm -hmm. Joe Mixon at Baltimore.
0: Yes. As of now,
1: yes. How about Jared Cook Monday night?
2: Trending in the right direction, but again, bye coming up, so you just got to keep an eye on that.
1: John Brown at Tennessee on Tuesday.
2: There was video of him, you know, uh, hopping around on a bad calf. At this point, I would say probably not, but, you know, again, the extra day.
1: Yeah. Well, if you can stash Cole Beasley, might not be the worst idea. Zach Moss. uh, Gabriel Davis, too. mm -hmm. Yeah. Zach Moss stepped
0: up when Brown was out last time.
2: We'll see. Uh, Again, extra day may help as of now, just he's limited in practice, but that was the case all last week too.
1: How about LaVisca Chenault at Houston?
2: I didn't see what his practice status was yesterday, but I'm going to guess he plays. I believe he
1: was limited. So Um, that's good. Limited. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. We got a lot more to get to here. I just want, I do want to talk about this quote from Sean McVay. It was about why Daryl Henderson didn't play more against the Giants, and they are going to face Washington this week. Uh, So this is what Sean McVay said about Daryl Henderson. Quote, he's good. He got a good shot where we were just making sure he's feeling good. that's a reference that he got a little banged up in the first half. He came back in, but really it was kind of a physical downhill, kind of dirty type running game. We weren't really able to run. We didn't get as many opportunities, really because we weren't as efficient on third down. That led to a lot of the lack of success if you will, just at all offensively overall. I think you look at what a small margin for error it was. To answer your original question, and then I'll go on a little tangent myself, we wanted to rotate those guys. But the way that the game kind of ended up playing out, Malcolm ended up getting more touches. It was hard to get into any sort of rhythm. That quote did not get into any rhythm, uh, but. It, it was like- Wow, he's all over the place. But he wanted Cam. He wanted Malcolm Brown because it was more of a downhill game. They weren't converting on third down. They had a really bad offensive game against the Giants last week. So, I don't know, Dave, what do you make of this? Uh, does this give you more hope for for Daryl Henderson, that there was kind of an excuse that he didn't play, or, or what?
0: Well, first of all, he's a football coach, not a speech coach. He needs so Grammarly, if I may he, say he, so. He, he needs or that or David A's or one or the other. He needs to have him be better <laughs> at talking in public spaces. Um, I I did a little research on the Rams running backs and the snap counts for them all. And Malcolm Brown is either tied or led the way in playing time for them every single week this season. There was one week where he and Henderson were basically 50-50. That was week three when Henderson had the big numbers. But he's been the lead guy. The touches have been a different story. But Brown has been toward the top of that, too. If I had to pick one of the running backs for this week, and and it looks like there's going to be three of them because Cam Akers, McVay said succinctly that he'll be good to go that uh, I think Brown would be the one, but it's with zero confidence and zero expectations. The other thing I'll point out is that Cam Akers is at the bottom possible price on DraftKings this week. So kind of an interesting way to use him if you wanted to take the talent. You know that he can potentially play the most if he gets off to a good start against Washington and his price is dirt cheap.
1: All right, sixty second Brown rankings. Brown has done
0: dispute. the most oh. route running for them of the. Who time. has Brown? So. They trust him on third downs. Yeah, I, I mean he comes down to that.
2: He's the he's the steady Eddie. So the other two guys are going to have some boomer bust performances as we've seen. Uh, I think Dave said it best. He's the one that you could trust if you want to trust any of them.
1: I would like a sixty second rankings dispute, and I'm holding you guys to it. You each have thirty seconds to make your point. Darius Slayton at Dallas. Darius Slayton's twenty six for Jamie, forty second for Dave. Jamie, you're more optimistic on Slayton. Uh, the Cowboys
0: stink. <laughs> the, the Giants stink, Dave. the The Giants' offensive line stinks, and Daniel Jones has a hard time throwing off his back foot when he's getting attacked from a pass rush.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, how, would you? St- who would start Darius Slayton over Josh Kelly? Anyone? Easy. You would. I think you'd do that. I okay, you can do that. All right, not feeling it with Josh Kelly. Okay, next sixty second rankings dispute. Odell Beckham, twenty fourth for Jamie, ninth for Dave. Dave, you like Beckham against Colts?
0: Uh, yeah, he's going to rush for another seventy yards and have Landry <laughs> throw him another touchdown. Uh, I I do think that push comes to shove, Cleveland will put the ball in the air a little bit more. They don't have Chubb this week. Uh, they're not going to have Chubb for a while. I I've come to the conclusion that. They're just going to have to start to change a little bit of their offensive philosophy by not having Chubb. I don't think that Dearness Johnson can completely replace him. And I think that they've built confidence in what they're doing with the passing game. And I'm not buying Indianapolis' secondary as being good. You want to say their pass rush is great and their run defense is great when it's healthy? Side note, it's not. Uh, fine. But I-, I think Odell does fine this week. I think he ends up getting in the end zone again and maybe close to 100 yards.
1: Okay. Jamie, uh, you like him, but not as much.
2: Yeah, no, I'm not chasing his points from last week when his uh, wide receiver threw him a touchdown and he had the 73 yards rushing, like Dave said. Uh, This is a good defense. It may not be a great defense, but their pass rush is going to be a problem for Baker Mayfield. If, in fact, they decide to throw things, throw the ball more and change things up, which I don't necessarily believe is going to happen even without Kareem Hunt there because their identity is their identity. And so I think this is going to be a game where both teams try to run at each other. And uh, as Heath said, this game could be done in 50 minutes. Uh, just based on how these two teams operate. So I think Beckham's targets come down. I don't trust him against a good defense until I see it multiple times. And so he beat up on the Cowboys like Darius Slayton probably will, and I think most teams probably will. So I would take Slayton over uh, over Beckham if I'm playing in DFS for sure.
1: Okay. Uh, Good news for the Colts, by the way. Uh, Middle linebacker Bobby (sighs) Okereke. I don't remember how to pronounce it. name. Okereke. Okereke, okay. He practiced in full yesterday. And Darius Leonard is, is optimistic, but he has not been practicing. But at least looks like they'll at least have one of those two linebackers this week. Not that that's big for Beckham, but you know could help for Kareem Hunt. Um, all right, just some stats to know: Devin Singletary facing the Titans, they allow 5.9 yards yards per carry to running backs. That's the most in the NFL. So hopefully he gets the work that uh, that we need. It's a good matchup for him. Same game, Ryan Tannehill. Three straight quarterbacks have thrown for 311 or more yards with two touchdowns against the Bills. So that's a good matchup for Tannehill. Uh, we'll talk about that game. It's the last game we're going to talk about, like I said, for obvious reasons. Ian Thomas barely rostered. If you're desperate for a tight end, the Falcons have allowed seven touchdowns to tight ends this, this season um, it looks like the Dolphins on paper have a really bad matchup. Miles Gaskin, I mean, pass-catching running backs have been terrible against San Francisco. And Mike Kosicki, the last two games, the Niners have held Evan Ingram and Zach Ertz to a combined seven catches for 29 yards on 10 targets. Jamie, overall, do you think that this is a tough matchup for the Dolphins or do you think it's just the 49ers haven't really been tested?
2: Both. I mean, you know, the Dolphins are kind of one of those teams that I don't know really what their strengths are yet because we have seen them kind of, you know, muck their way through a couple games, uh, one in a positive way against the Jaguars when they didn't have to do very much. And then, you know, the Bills game when those guys were banged up, is that a fair assessment of the Dolphins offense when they're playing against no Matt Milano and no Tremaine Edmonds and Mike Gusecki went nuts? Um, last week's game is probably more of an indication of who Miami is, you know, where they just, they can't run the ball with a lot of success. Ryan Fitzpatrick is turnover prone. So it's a long road trip against a team that is probably facing a similar opponent to what they faced when they played well. So I think you'll get a a decent enough performance from Fitzpatrick because of the volume that he has. I don't want to trust miles Gaskin in anything outside of a flex and PPR. And then Devontae Parker, as we've talked about many, many times this week already on multiple platforms, he's really the only guy you should trust. So, um, that, that's kind of, I think, the Dolphins' offense until we start to see a little bit more. And then, who knows, after this week, we could see Tua. It's hard for the Dolphins, I think, to look around the NFL and see how good Joe Burrow is and how good Justin Herbert is and say, we got to keep starting Ryan Fitzpatrick and not know what our rookie quarterback can do, especially after they probably lose this game.
1: I guess so. But if they lose this game, they're going to have lost to the Patriots, the Bills, the Seahawks, and the 49ers. You know, it's not necessarily yeah, not before, Fitzpatrick's fault. The point is still starting Fitzpatrick. Yeah. All right, um, let's beat the waiver wire. Well, Justin Herbert should certainly be on that. Eric Ebron, 60% rostered. Eagles this week, Cleveland next week, Tennessee. I mean, it's just good matchup after good matchup. I I struggle with this segment sometimes. Sometimes they're not the most obvious names. If you still believe in Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he's on a bye. 53% uh, rostered at Tampa Bay next week. You need a DST. How about the football team at the Giants or the Chargers at the Jets? Both widely available. You need a quarterback other than Herbert. Kirk Cousins gets Atlanta. And, and Kyle- he's
0: got Seattle this week.
1: Yeah. And Kyle Rudolph gets Atlanta. I don't know that there's any matchup that's going to make you want to start Kyle Rudolph. but
0: Yeah, you could stream them both for the next two weeks if you wanted to.
1: Yeah. Eric Ebron might be the prize. We shall see. Chargers and, and football team DST. Getting used to saying football team. Startometer meter for the last three games we'll preview today. Mm-hmm. That will be Dolphins, Niners. Bills, Titans, and Rams, and football team. <laughs> start meter meter uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, if he plays against Miami. Three and, Four and a half. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Five and a half.
0: Uh, six. Why
1: so low on Jimmy Garoppolo?
0: Because you don't... Yeah, and you don't have to start him. There's just... The problem with quarterbacks is that there are so many other guys that you can... Put in there and say, "All right, I think he will get me three touchdowns." Yeah, but you're you'd rather have. I don't Fitz- think Garoppolo can get me three. You'd rather have Fitzpatrick. Start him over Brady this week. <laughs> you rather we'll have, have uh, Fitzpatrick than,
1: than uh Tannehill or than a uh, Garoppolo.
0: Garoppolo, yeah, I would rather have Fitzpatrick. This okay. is I've I've got no basis for this. It's just gut feeling that. Fitzpatrick lights up the 49ers. I, I
2: I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he's that type of guy. And
0: he he look. He, he, it's three when, straight when games we need of, him, he lets us down, and then the week after that, no one's using him, and he goes crazy.
2: <laughs> it's three straight games of at least twenty points, and he's running. You know, so those those two things is his amount of pass attempts and the amount of times he's he's running the ball. Those are the things
1: you like. I thought he scored eight. Didn't he score eighteen last week? Or he scored twenty? Uh, doesn't matter. Okay, uh, Miles Gaskin zero to ten. Six, uh, six. and a half in PPR. Yeah, I would say six in
2: PPR, four in non PPR. Yeah.
1: Raheem Mostert. Uh,
2: seven, eight, non PPR, seven in PPR.
1: Jarek McKinnon, assuming Mostert plays.
0: Seven in PPR, five and non. Yeah, I would say seven and six.
1: Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. Keep an eye on Samuel.
2: I think he left or didn't practice yesterday with a non-COVID-related illness. Um, If he plays, I think he's a five and Ayuk is a four. Uh,
0: I'd flip it. I'd say Ayuk, five, deep, four. Mike Kosicki. Five. Two. Strict five, given the tight end landscape.
1: Devin Singletary. Assuming Zach Moss plays Devin Singletary. Uh, Ten. Start. 7 in non-PPR if Moss
2: plays 8 in PPR
0: John Brown if he plays mm-hmm.
2: 9 uh, 6 in PPR 7 in non-PPR
1: uh, Cole Beasley
2: 6 in both yep
1: Ryan Tannehill
2: 5 in both 6 better in PPR than non-PPR
0: I'm. I've, <laughs> I've got to be concerned about Titans we'll talk about it later But, I mean, the way that the last two weeks have gone for them without practicing or anything like that, like there's a chance they could all... Yes, that's true. That's true. (laughs) Uh, There's a chance they could go out there and look totally crappy. Or they could just be really fresh, and who knows?
1: Yeah, because it is a pretty good matchup, especially with the injuries that the Bills have and the points that the Bills are probably going to put up. So, A.J. Brown? Uh, If he plays,
2: which it seems like is going to be the case, I would say seven. Especially with Corey Davis out, John
1: Smith. With Milano out,
2: eight seven.
1: Jared Goff at Washington.
0: Seven, seven.
1: A Rams running back at Washington. We've already addressed this. None of them. Yeah, are like
0: great. four. Yeah. Antonio Gibson. Eight PPR seven nine. Sure. Terry McLaurin. Eight PPR seven
1: nine. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You're well, going to start. He's going to get well.
0: Ramsied. That's fine. Okay, And Tyler Higby? Eight and both. Six and a half.
1: Oh, why shortchange the listeners? How about Robert Woods and Cooper Cup?
0: Uh, You're going to start again, them. Ten
1: and both. Okay. To the games. Giants. To the games. At Cowboys. Yeah, I'm leading off with this game because I, based on the rankings, I get the sense that Jamie's a lot more optimistic about the Giants. They are the lowest scoring offense in the NFL, but they are facing one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I get the sense he's more optimistic about the Giants' offense than Dave is. We alluded to that a little bit with Darius Slayton. Is that fair to say, guys, that uh, Jamie's a little higher on the Giants?
0: Sure. Everybody's probably a little higher on the Giants than me. Not me. Uh, The uh,
1: (laughs) Giants are (laughs) nine-point underdogs. The total here is 54. It's a pretty big number. So um, hopefully a lot of points in this game. And uh, All right, so Jason Garrett, revenge game. That's
0: awesome. That usually means something, by the way. When the former play caller or head coach comes back as an offensive coordinator against his old team, there's success there.
1: I guess we could start with the Giants. I'll come back to the stat of the game. It's kind of about Michael Gallup, uh, Daniel Jones. You don't trust them. 19th for Jamie, 22nd for Heath, or for Dave rather, actually 14th for Heath. But J- Daniel Jones, you know, he's faced four teams, and the competition's been tough. But he's every quarterback that's faced the Steelers has scored 20 to 22 fantasy points, six point per passing touchdown league. So he was normal there, but against the Rams, against the bears and against the Niners, Daniel Jones has scored the fewest points of any quarterback that has faced those teams. So he's been worse than, then yeah, it's not just the competition. He's just been bad. Um, so don't start him. Any interest in Devonte Freeman?
2: Flex. I mean, 15 touches last week, four
1: catches, you know, so
2: he's their guy. And, we'll see how he does. I mean, I don't think you want to start Devontae Freeman, but we know you're down Austin Eckler, you're down Nick Chubb. You know, you have Aaron Jones on a buy, you have whatever Lions running back, you may have been using on a buy. So he's going to get work. You know, that's the, that's the floor. The floor is work. The, the upside is probably not so high, but I mean, again, if you're stuck,
0: you lean on somebody that's touching the ball. He's the running downs guy and they'll throw to him on running downs too. running downs, meaning not third down, not second and long stuff like that. Um, but they've been using Deion Lewis more in that pass down situation. Gallman has spelled him a little bit. Um, Gallman had a lucky long run last week. So Freeman looked good. I, I agree, he's a flex. Uh,
1: Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, Devontae Freeman. Who's the best? Brown for sure. Uh, you can make a case with Akers back that
0: Freeman's better than Henderson. I, I think you can make the case that Freeman's better than all three because I think sure. he'll. I think he's the safest to get twelve touches. Okay.
1: Cowboys 20th against running backs, 4.53 yards per carry to running backs. Um, I, I guess I don't – I just to go back, I mean, I, in a DFS standpoint, I know nobody's confident starting Daniel Jones, but – I'm playing Jones in a bunch of tournaments. Okay. That was my question. There's the upside there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Dallas thinks <laughs> they're, yeah. they're not good. They're the also, Giants also are not good. <laughs> Agreed. The, yeah, but the Cowboys are also like – they're like Chip Kelly – Oregon. They run. They're the fastest-paced team. They score a ton of points. They put their. De- they make it tough on their defense. So you know that's part of it yeah. too. Um. All right. Maybe uh, they'll get better when Vander Esch comes back next week. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Darius Slayton. We already talked about Jamie. Likes him. Heath loves him. He's got. Well, I don't know. He's got him top twenty, and Dave outside the top forty. How about Golden Tate? I mean, the Cowboys have really struggled with slot receivers. Tate's only 51% on starter sit. And you know what? How about Tate, Slayton, Devontae Freeman? Who's the best flex option for the Giants? Slayton.
0: I think Slayton because of the upside. But yeah. Tate's not far Certainly behind. Certainly not Okay.
1: And are we starting Evan Ingram this week?
0: Yes. Yeah. Last week, of course. Yeah. I think he's the one you can feel the best about. Yeah.
1: Boy, the Cowboys have been so bad against tight ends. Hurst, 72 yards. I still think yards. he's risky,
0: but he feel, it feels like he's the one you could go with this week because of the target share.
1: Hurst, 72 yards and a touchdown. Olsen, 61 yards. Hollister, a touchdown. Hooper, 34 yards and a touchdown. So Ingram might have his Austin best game Hooper of Hooper's making
2: plays against you. You know you're not good.
1: Yeah. Um, Dallas, Dak Prescott, start him. The weird thing about this game is if you look on paper, the Giants defense has been pretty solid this year. They don't give up a lot of big plays. They've given up the fewest pass plays of 20-plus yards. They've given up only one pass play of 40-plus yards. It was a busted coverage against Cooper Cup last week. Fifth-fewest yards per game. Fifth-fewest yards per play. Tenth-highest pressure percentage. That's like pressures and sacks and hurries, basically, on dropbacks. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. I don't buy it. But so far, the Giants have been pretty good defensively. And uh, I think... You know the the everybody expects the Cowboys to put up a ton of points. Start Dak, start Zeke, start Cooper. How do we feel about Lamb and Gallup this week? And that's why I brought up the stat about the the big pass plays. The Giants so far among the best in the NFL in limiting big pass plays that could be because they face the Bears. Nick Mullins, uh, the Rams don't really throw downfield. Then Mullins go Pittsburgh.
2: for three hundred against them.
1: Yeah, he, yeah, he, they didn't play well against him, but I don't think he had any like big pass plays. In fact, I know he didn't.
2: Um. I think with Gallup, you just kind of understand that there's going to be a couple of weeks where he's great and several weeks where he's boom or bust. Um, More boom. I mean, more bust. Excuse me. So in a matchup like this where, you know, yes, the numbers may suggest that this is a good defense. I don't buy it, like you said, Adam. So he's a number three receiver. You know, I don't think a lot of people are going to sit there and say, I have to start Michael Gallup. He's much better in DFS than he is in redraft because when he has one of these big games, you're going to be happy about that. But this is. You know, kind of been the, the the flaw coming into the season is there's a lot of mouths to feed in this offense and he's not going to get the same volume of targets that he was used to getting last year.
1: If I told you for sure that John Brown was out Tuesday, would you start Cole Beasley or Michael Gallup? In a, in a hypothetical where we know the game is going to be played and Cole Beasley is going to start. I'm
2: starting Beasley, Beasley over Gallup now okay. in PPR and in non-PPR, it would be close.
0: Would you I would st- do it in non-PPR. Would you start Mark? Lamb, oh, Lamb ahead of Gallup, obviously.
1: Marquise Brown or CD Lamb?
0: Lamb. Yeah. Lamb and PPR, probably Lamb and non PPR as Th- well. This, this that Lamar Jackson good.
2: injury is a little bit concerning, just from the standpoint of like we saw last week. They'll build a lead and they could pull him and still win the game.
1: How about uh, Jamison Crowder or CD Lamb? Lamb. Lamb, in both. Okay. Uh, all right, let's go to our next game. Oh, Dalton he Schultz. He's home
2: game so far. He's got 100 yards and two touchdowns in both those games.
1: That's pretty good. Let's talk about uh, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia here. And Dalton Schultz, by the way, is a top six or seven tight end. He is a must-start tight end, even though, once again, the Giants have been good against tight ends somehow. And Dallas's DST, probably don't want to use them, but... Jamie's got him 11th. He's the highest on him.
2: I mean, look, you know, like I said, I think Daniel Jones is going to have a good game, but you got to play the history of Daniel Jones. He's got no touchdowns and three interceptions in three games. So if you, we talked about this uh, when we looking at the waiver wire, there aren't a lot of great streaming DST options. So this could be one that helps you. And I can still see Daniel Jones have like a three and three type of game. You know he can go all Jameis Winston on you this week. Uh, I I could see him have a
0: one in three type game though as well. Like the Cowboys' defense isn't any good at all, but that Giants' offensive line it's it's getting pummeled every single week. Mm -hmm. This is this is bad for them. It's bad. It's not going to work out.
1: Philadelphia is at Pittsburgh. Mentioned all those injuries that the Eagles are dealing with defensively. Um, But here's your stat of the game: uh, Pittsburgh allows the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers. Does that matter to you in this game where nobody wants to start an Eagles wide receiver?
2: I mean, Greg Ward's a dart throw at this point, you know, depending on who's going to play. Deshaun Jackson would be interesting if he's back. So just keep an eye on that practice. He was limited on Thursday. Uh, If Alshon's out there, I think you want to give him a game before you trust him. But, you know, if you're desperate, he could have some opportunities.
0: I feel like you got to give Deshaun a game too, though. Like, how how can we rush to trust him when he might not even be able to stay healthy for the game? And even if he does uh, play, it's not guaranteed.
2: but still, you know, he's exact, he's been playing. I mean, Alshon's been out for, you know, almost a year.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so this is going to be certainly a tough challenge for the Eagles. The Steelers have the best pass rush mm-hmm. in the NFL. Um, kind of a cool stat on pro football reference. If you go to like seasons and you just click on 2020 and you click on the defensive stats, you can get the sack rate, you can get the hurry rate, and you can get the pressure rate, which kind of encompasses everything. And the Steelers are just, like, miles ahead of most teams. The Eagles actually lead the NFL in sacks. The Steelers are second, but the Steelers have played one fewer game.
0: Right. The Eagles have a pretty good pressure rate themselves. I think they might be one and two in pressure. I'd have to double check and look. But I know Philadelphia is up there. Philadelphia also has a terrible offensive line like the Giants. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. Right. that's, That's obviously in play and why Wentz isn't as good of a quarterback as he's been in the past.
1: Pressure rate. Steelers are at 46.5%. That's the amount of pressures they get per drop back. That's hurries plus knockdowns plus sacks. They're almost half of the drop backs. They're putting pressure on the quarterback. The Eagles are like seventh. Uh, The Patriots are number two, which surprised me a little bit. Yeah, no, it's going to be tough sledding for the the Eagles, you have to say. Miles Sanders, really tough matchup for him. Hasn't been great and struggled last week. Is he a, a must start? And who are some guys that you would be like, well, like Mike Davis, James Robinson, you're starting him them over Miles Sanders.
0: First two names that came to my yeah, mind were easy. Mike Davis and James Robinson. And, and, and if Mostert's out, shooting. i start
1: McKinnon over him too. Yeah, yeah. But if Mostert's in, you'd start Sanders over both Niners guys? I would start Mostert over Sanders and non-PPR. You would? Okay. Would you start Deontay Johnson or Miles Sanders?
2: Still Sanders. I mean, he's still going to get a lot of work, you know, and he's shown you in the past he could still have some success, especially in the passing game against tough matchups. So, hopefully, that's the case. They got to use some more, you know, um, they got to use the screen game a little bit more, you know, try and be a little bit more creative. It's just it, the offensive line's been a problem.
1: Okay. How about uh, so we talked about the uh, wide receivers for the Eagles? Tough to trust. Zach Ertz, starter sit.
0: I would try and sit him if you can. Steelers I mean, you are great. Can get away from him. Steelers are great at taking away tight ends. I know Noah Fan had a nice touchdown a couple of weeks ago against them, but the combination of the pass rush on Wentz. And the 49ers last week gave single coverage to Ertz. Literally covered him with one guy, and Ertz could never break away from him. So when he did make the catch, couldn't gain yards after the catch. So I, mm-hmm. I think he's changing a little bit. I don't think he's as good as he used to be. And the volume, you can tell just by looking at the stats, isn't what it's been before. So I am I'm, I'm nervous about Zach Ertz being helpful this week for fantasy managers.
2: Yeah, if you have Schultz or Ingram, you know, some people dropped Ingram, 10 team leagues, you know, those guys have a higher ceiling
0: this week at least in my opinion. Um I don't I, think Ertz is the best tight end in this game. Huh? I don't think Ertz is the best tight end in this game. Uh, I will I take think Ebron ahead of Ertz. in this game,
2: but I don't know if he might be the most productive, but uh, I, I still start Ertz over Ingram over Ebron, excuse me.
1: Okay. There's so that
2: yeah, uh, in- Ingram, Ebron
1: again. <laughs> Sorry, Jamie, I shouldn't have put those games back-to-back. Back. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, ben Roethlisberger is pretty steady this year. 27 fantasy points, 22, 23. He's finished as QB8, QB15, and QB13. And uh, the Eagles so far have been good. But like I said, they are banged up. So And plus, you know, they weren't good against Golf. They weren't very good against Burrow. They were good against the Niners garbage and Dwayne Haskins. And Burrow so, was overtime, though. That's true. And he threw a lot. Uh, but... Uh, Roethlisberger, you feel good about him this week or what?
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's a top five quarterback, but he certainly got a chance to be in the top 10. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at it, I think I, I told this yesterday, Adam, like his numbers coming off a bye. He's like 23 fantasy points per game in his last five on average. So he doesn't necessarily have a lot of blow up games, but he doesn't have, I think everyone has been over 20 fantasy points. So he, he won't hurt you. And he's got a healthy Deontay Johnson. He's got a good matchup for Eric Ebron. He's got Juju. You know, due for another breakout game. So th- th- this team should be as healthy and, and and ready to go as they've been since week one.
1: Okay. And James Connor must start? Of Absolutely. course. How about Juju? I know the targets haven't really been there. How are you feeling about Juju? He should Can't avoid play, so them. easy. Yeah. Okay. Do you like him better than Deontay Johnson? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh and Eric Ebron, we've talked for this about this week. Right. Oh, uh, interesting. Eric Ebron, 52% rostered and top 12 uh, right around 10th, 11th in the rankings. So uh, Ebron or Ebron or Ingram, Jamie? Uh, Ingram over Ebron. Ebron behind
0: Ertz. Oh, a ease. lot a lot of ease. A lot of alliteration there. Yeah, I'll go Ingram, Ebron, Ertz.
1: Okay. Pittsburgh DST is number two for Dave and Jamie, number four for Heath. So there you go. That's Philadelphia at Pittsburgh. Let's go to the Chargers at the Saints. Uh stat of the game, the Char the Saints, the Saints allow the second most fantasy points to tight ends. Do you have faith in Hunter Henry? Would you start him over the three guys we talked about? Ingram,
0: Ertz, Ebron, the three E's. Hunter Henry uh, or I the three E's? I would start double H over the three E's. Okay. Yes.
1: Five touchdowns allowed the to tight ends hundred yards to Darren Waller. Um. All right. We'll stick with the Chargers. Like Justin Herbert in a good matchup. Would you start him or like maybe Jared Goff, who might not have to throw much?
2: If Lattimore and Davenport play, I'd start Goff over Herbert. But Herbert's still in that you know eleven
0: through thirteen range. I'd go Goff either way. Okay. How about Herbert or Cousins? Herbert. I have Herbert over Cousins for now. It's probably going to be how I end up. Davenport was limited on Thursday. Uh, Lattimore was also back at practice. He was limited. Janoris Jenkins was not at practice.
2: Yeah, again, it's just, you know, the Saints have a bye coming up. You know, we just wonder what they're Mm going to do with these guys that are banged up. Yeah, there's a chance they could
0: practice all weekend and not play.
1: Uh, How about Chargers running backs? I can't imagine anyone's too confident in Justin Jackson, but how are we feeling about Josh Kelly this week against the Saints? They allow 3.57 yards per carry to running backs, and uh, they're good. We know they're a good run defense. What do you think about Kelly? Lex?
0: I would try and get away from both of them. We know that Kelly's had the fumbles in the past couple of games. He hasn't looked particularly good. Neither of these guys really looked great last week. Kelly outsnapped Jackson for what it's worth after the Eckler injury, and he played more in the second half. So if I had to start one, it would be Kelly. I would like to have either one or both on my bench, but you really shouldn't start either one unless you're desperate.
1: Kelly or Dearness Johnson this week? Kelly. I'd go Kelly. Kelly or PPR, would you be desperate enough to start Golden Tate or Jarvis Landry over Josh Kelly?
2: I'd probably go with yes. the receivers. Not Landry.
1: Okay. Uh, how about the Chargers wide receivers, uh, just Keenan Allen? And yes. No yes. concerns even if Lattimore plays? None. Okay. Hunter Henry, top seven, top five for Dave and Jamie, although I think six, top six of PPR. Um, Drew Brees. Starter sit Drew Brees, guys.
0: Prime I'm okay calling in. him a start.
1: Yeah. Didn't work out so well last time. Uh It actually did. Did it? Oh, Pretty he nice. did because of stupid Camara. Oh, not stupid. Because of Camara. He did not play that well. But Camara had like all that yak.
2: Yep. Yeah, he had 288 and three in that
0: game. Damn. Yeah, Camara had like half the yardage. And Damn, if, you I just a, two if you just want to want
2: a comparison, an old quarterback took on a Chargers team at home last week without their uh, without his best wide receiver, and did well.
0: Five touchdowns. Oh, you
1: know what? I'm, I'm okay. Listen, the Chargers defense not is the same. Decimated right yep. now. Five touchdowns to Brady last week. They have put two starting defensive linemen on IR. Derwin James is obviously out for the year. Chris Harris is out, so things have changed for sure. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that it didn't work out so well. That was my bad. Um, but I just he didn't he didn't play great. He in does that not game. look
2: right. He does not have he's not having the best of seasons, and obviously not having Michael Thomas for three games is a big reason why. He may not have Thomas and Jared Cook, or he may have both. Yeah. So as we sit here on Friday, I think he's a low-end starter without those guys because you got good production last week, at least from Emmanuel Sanders and Traquan Smith. You know what Kamara is capable of as a pass catcher. And this Chargers defense is banged up. If he gets both those guys back, he's a potential top five quarterback because of how bad this defense looks and the fact that he's at home in prime time. I know it's not the same because the fans, but still that spot for him has always been good.
1: Okay. Uh, So what do you think about, obviously if Michael Thomas plays, people are going to start him. What do you think about Emmanuel Sanders and Traquan Smith, uh, you know, with and without Michael Thomas? I
2: wouldn't want to play either one. Uh, You got to be encouraged by the targets for, you know, this is the thing I think that, could be good for the Saints moving forward and maybe good for fantasy as well, is that those two guys have had to make plays in place of Michael Thomas. And so now there's a trust factor for Drew Brees. There's a trust factor for Sean Payton. You go back to the preseason and Brees was saying this is a breakout year for Traquan Smith. Now, I'm sure by the time the year is over, based on the numbers that he's compiled in the three games without Thomas, and then whatever he does, by definition, it will be a breakout season. But he's shown you that he could do different things. And Sanders has shown you that, OK, maybe he's not a broken down wide receiver and can still make some plays when he's not getting, you know, tough coverage. So I think those guys will be number three receivers, but it's hard to trust them if Michael Thomas plays. And the fact that you have to make that decision probably Sunday morning makes it even harder because of the Monday night game.
1: Well, You said you don't I, want to Paul, play. Oh, Sorry. No Let me just follow way. up on that real quick. I'm sorry. You said you don't want to play the those guys, Sanders and Smith, but are you mean, meaning with Thomas or even if without with Thomas. Thomas? OK. But without, without Thomas. Without Thomas. Three receivers. Yeah. OK. Uh, And Jared Cook, if he plays, will be what? Startable.
0: Yep. All right. Probably worth saying a must-start tight end, simply because there aren't a lot of tight ends that have his type of upside.
2: He'd be behind the guys in the Giants-Cowboys game. He'd be ahead of Ebron for me. He'd be
1: uh, ahead of Ertz. You wouldn't get cute and start Ian Thomas over him?
0: No. No. I, I I might consider starting him ahead of the guys in the Giants Cowboys game. It would be hard to start him over Schultz in full PPR, but I, I think he could end up having five catches, seventy five yards, and a touchdown pretty easily. Yeah, both I mean, he's teams done that like once in the last two years. It feels like he gets. It feels like he gets one or the other pretty much every week.
2: Yeah, he had a five for eighty game in week one. That was like a high for him the last like two seasons.
1: Was it really? Because he's been so good the last he's touchdown dependent. I, well, he was the number. Two tight end the last eight games of the year, and touchdowns, not just touch. okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, let's go for it. I just don't see him going for five for seventy five in a touchdown. It'll be either be one or the other. Fine. Well, this team—that's fair to say—he doesn't get seventy five yards in the touchdown every single week.
1: Both teams in this game really bad against tight ends. Actually, uh, Chargers have struggled there too. Sit the DSTs. Carolina's at Atlanta. That's our next game. We're going to take a quick break on fantasy football today. Come back and talk about the Panthers. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Carolina's at Atlanta. Atlanta banged up in the secondary, even though they're getting their cornerback back. They are they took a big hit at safety in week four. Um stat of the game. I kind of gave this earlier. Two games with Clutch. Kawan Short, the Panthers are allowing like less than four yards per carry to running backs. They've been really, really good against running backs. 3.76. So uh, Todd Gurley coming off a nice game, scoring touchdowns. Do you guys consider Todd Gurley a must-start running back?
0: He's a number two running back. He's touchdown-dependent running back, but he just keeps finding ways to score. And I think that at this point, fantasy managers just have to shrug their shoulders and say, OK, fine, I'll deal with it. You drafted Gurley, you know what he is, you put him in your lineup and, and you count on it. By the way, Short's been great for the Panthers. Derek Brown, their rookie defensive tackle, was a game wrecker last week yes. against Arizona. He's part of the reason why Kenyon Drake couldn't get going. So yes. if, if the Falcons offensive line were beat up or really, really bad, I would imagine the Panthers would totally control that line of scrimmage this week. But keep an eye on Derek Brown. He's awesome.
1: He's been a little up and down, apparently. He's reading about it this he week. He started
0: off slowly. Yeah, right. but you have but to wonder... Last game or two, he's been good. Does playing next to
1: Kawan Short make Derek Brown better? I, I would assume it does. Oh, I'm sure it does. Right? Uh, I
2: I remember at the Combine, um, when you know obviously Chase Young was getting all the buzz, and rightfully so, that uh, Pete Prisco Drink was saying that Derek Brown's the best defensive player in this draft and may not be close. And... I mean, he, wow, he's bold looked, talk
1: for uh top 10 pick. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it was a. We looked at the Panthers draft and we were like, damn, they did really well for themselves and so far. Well, getting those where
2: they did, you know, difference. he was a first round pick and he fell to the second round.
1: Okay. Uh, other stat of the game number two, every quarterback or team QB, if you want to look at the Bears, since they made a mid game change that has faced the Falcons has finished top five. So, uh, Four touchdowns to every quarterback. Mm. Wow. Um, Bridgewater or Matt Ryan? Teddy. Teddy. Even if Julio plays? Yep. Mm, No. Okay. Mike Davis, must start, top eight. How about this? Robbie Anderson is a top 20 wide receiver for everybody. DJ Moore is a top 21 wide receiver for everybody. (laughs) I like anderson a lot in dfs because you want somebody in this game and he's cheaper than dj moore and he's getting a lot more targets he has eight or more targets and 99 or more yards in three of four games dj moore has a combined 10 targets in his last two games and wide receivers are killing atlanta but basically every wide receiver that's done well against atlanta has had at least eight targets the only exception would be anthony miller who had two catches 41 yards and a touchdown so um, I, I'm not even going to ask you if you're worried about Robbie Anderson. I'm going to ask you, are you worried about DJ Moore at all?
2: Not this week. I mean, this is this is the breakout game. You know, I know he did well against Tampa. Hopefully that's the same type of performance you're getting. Uh, it's weird that he's the one running the deep routes and Anderson's running the short routes. You know, so you'd like to see the opposite because that's how successful DJ Moore was last year. Mm-hmm. But in this game, based on the matchup, you're starting both. If you have to decide, I think you start Anderson just based on what you've seen.
0: I'm not sure if that's true. I think they're both running a ton of short routes, and I just think that that's the nature of the beast for for Carolina and what their offense is. I I love it anytime DJ Moore can play against zone coverage, and I, I don't think the Falcons are going to start tinkering with their defense now and start playing more man when they've got so many issues, especially at safety. So if they're going to play zone coverage, DJ Moore can beat that, and I think the Panthers know that they've been missing him. This could be a big breakout game for DJ Moore. Breakout being he sucked for so long. Now he's finally going to be good. So I'd roll with him again this week.
2: Okay. Two touchdowns for
0: DJ Moore. All right. I love it. All right. That would be great. That would be making up for lost time. Now I'll I'll add this. If if it ends up going down that Robbie Anderson has a big game and DJ Moore stinks again, you really got to start reconsidering it. Cause this is as easy of a matchup as it gets. And if he can't get it done here, and if he doesn't get the targets here, then something's up. Something's wrong.
1: Well, look, Robbie Anderson is a changed player. His A dot, his average depth of target in his last Big three reason. seasons. What's that? Big reason. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. he. he it's fifteen. This is how far his routes are basically. But when he's targeted, fifteen point nope. seven yards in two thousand eighteen. Nope, nope, one reason. Fourteen. Hold on. Fourteen point six yards in two thousand nineteen, and nine point one yards. That's his A dot this year. So it's a good fit for Bridgewater.
2: That's great information. There's only one reason why he's better.
1: Uh, oh, Adam Gase? He lost Adam Gase, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ian Thomas. So the Falcons allow the most fantasy points to tight ends. Jamie's actually got Thomas 12th in non-PPR, 13th in PPR. Dave and- Okay, okay. Dave and Heath much lower. You need him to score probably. Uh, Matt Ryan, currently 17th for Jamie and 16th for Dave, or at least as of yesterday, but that's without Julio? Yes, correct. Okay. Uh, Todd Gurley, a number two running back. Would you start Todd Gurley? Oh, oh, man. Todd Gurley or CeeDee Lamb?
2: Lamb and PPR. Probably Lamb and both.
0: Okay. D- I might go Gurley and non-PPR.
1: DJ Moore
2: or Gurley? Uh, Moore in PPR,
0: Gurley and non-PPR. I will take uh, Moore in PPR as well.
1: Calvin Ridley in his last three halves has one catch for 24 yards on 10 targets. It's basically coinciding with Julio Jones getting injured. (laughs) Worried?
0: Not yet. Yeah, Of course. They've been so
1: close. Okay. Yeah. They've been banged up in those those
0: halves too. Were his hands banged up dropping so many passes last week. I'm worried about him getting the focus of the defensive coverage. And I know that we're not supposed to love Carolina's defense, but they've been playing pretty well. I think they're getting better faster than we thought they would. If Julio's not there, I think you've got to downgrade expectations for Ridley. Start him, but he's a number two wide yeah, receiver. Yeah, I mean, he was a top five receiver with Julio.
1: How about Russell Gage? He's only 58% rostered. Uh, what do you think about Gage this week? Number
2: three receiver, better in PPR than none. Yeah, I don't want to trust him in non-PPR.
1: And Hayden Hurst is startable, low-end starter. Uh, that's that game. Let's go to Miami at San Francisco. Uh, Generally speaking, how do you see this game playing out? Miami at San Francisco.
0: Niners Uh, running the ball like crazy. Ryan Fitzpatrick making wacky plays, keeping the Dolphins in it till the end.
2: 30 to 20, 49ers win. They get a defensive score on a pick six. Fitzpatrick throws two touchdowns and goes for 300 yards with two picks.
1: (laughs) Uh, we've covered a lot of this on the startometer. Devontae Parker is a is a must start, although Dave has him 26th in non PPR, 21st in PPR. Jamie's got him top 15. Mike Kosicki's got a real challenge here against this team. Uh, would you start Hayden Hurst over Mike Kosicki? Yes. Yes. Would you start Miles Gaskin over any Rams running backs?
2: All of them. In non PPR, I'll take Malcolm Brown. In PPR, I'll take Gaskin.
1: Would you start Miles Gaskin over Josh Kelly?
2: Yes. In
1: non-PPR, I'll take Kelly. and PPR, I'll take Kelly <laughs> You're not so high on Jimmy Garoppolo. And then Raheem Mostert. All right, so McKinnon's a must-start if Mostert's out. Uh, wh- why are you convinced that McKinnon's still going to be worth using maybe in PPR if, if Mostert plays? Is it just because you think the health... I'm
2: not convinced, but I'll take my chances just given what he's shown you so far this season and the fact that he's scored in every game. That's at least something you can hang your hat on if you're talking about, okay, does he have a chance for a big play? Sure. He's shown you that when the guys were healthy is most are going to get his usual workload. Is he a hundred percent coming off, you know, a three game a two game absence with a knee injury. So I think McKinnon's going to have a, a big enough role that you can trust him as a low end starter in both formats.
1: So. If Mostert plays, let's compare him to Todd Gurley, who we say is like a number two running back with probably a tough matchup. He hasn't he's not very good. He doesn't catch any passes. He probably needs to score. Uh yeah, so, probably. Yeah, he needs to score. So Mostert or Gurley? Mostert. Mostert. Okay. Sorry. Start uh starters at George Kittle.
0: Uh what? No, he could kidding. be okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Your favorite 49ers wide receiver. Or Jarek McKinnon, assuming Mostert plays, still McKinnon. Ayuk McKinnon Samuel. Rams at Washington. Oh, San Francisco DST. It's top eight. Rams at Washington. Washington allows the fifth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. What do you think this about is another
0: that? Another one I don't understand. Like I, I don't think their their defense is playing that well. Yeah, you know, maybe it's a byproduct of who they've played. Maybe it's a byproduct of their pass rush early on in the season. But I, I don't think they've got a bunch of solid cornerbacks that are that are playing great right now. I'm I, I'm not sure if I buy that stat at all. This week, I definitely don't buy it against the Rams.
1: Okay, yeah, no, I don't think they've had a no wide receivers had seventy yards yet against Washington. Marquise Brown. Oh, no, before Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown had 86 yards. And I think that, right, like Marquise Brown probably should have had a huge game, just missed the touchdown. Um, They've allowed 30 points in three straight games. So that's Washington. But they're seventh. It's crazy.
0: So they played Philadelphia in week one, Uh and they didn't have a lot going for them at wide receiver. But at tight end, I think they did okay. Arizona in week two, Hopkins had a good game against them. Cleveland in week three. Uh, I think Odell did.
1: No, he, they did not do not well. Not great. He ran all
0: over. Right. right. And, and then, then Baltimore well. last week, the Ravens ended up not having to throw that much. Right. Brown almost had a touchdown on the deep ball, but he was ruled down at the one. But, and but they, they gave the touchdowns to the tight ends.
1: Isn't that what like could happen in this game? You, you know, Dave, last week you were saying you didn't really love Jared Goff because you didn't think he was going to have to do much. And this week you got him in your top 10. And Jamie, I think you have Goff like
0: think- 13th. My ranking of golf this week is in reaction to last week and how the Rams were dissatisfied with how their offense ran. And I think that they're a talented enough and disciplined enough team to bounce back from it this week, even though they're on the road, even against a team that's been great against wide receivers. I'm I'm thinking that they come out doing executing very well.
2: I don't know where Goff's ceiling is because, you know, we've seen some really up and down performances. Like he was a surprise against Buffalo because that's really where you start to see the flaws in Buffalo's defense. And, you know, he played great in a comeback effort. He had the three touchdowns against Philadelphia, but it felt like it was kind of like not fluky, but, you know, three touchdowns to a tight end is kind of like there's busted coverage and there's just, you know, taking advantage of a certain situation. Like he's playing really well from an NFL standpoint. He's just not having these big blow up fantasy games. I don't know if this is the spot. I wouldn't be surprised if it is, but I don't know if this is the spot that it happens because typically like we saw from him last year and you bring this up all the time, Adam, is the volume for him is when you start to see those big games like the Buffalo game. So I don't know if this is going to be one of those spots because they just, like you said, I don't think they have to do it, but he could have like a Philadelphia game where it's just kind of like an effortless, yeah, you know, three touchdown, 200 yard type of game. Like I don't think he's going for 402.
0: No, you, Not so unless you, Kyle Allen plays really, really well. Here, here's the secret. Yeah. If you think Tyler Higbee has a chance to score, that means Jared Goff has a chance to throw three touchdowns. You,
1: you know who he's kind of becoming? He's like he's like uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo with with a little bit more passing. Because and this t- Cousins, yeah, the, yeah, this team, wow. But, but, yeah, but the thing about, like, Garoppolo is always great yards per attempt. Always great. Jared Goff is completing 72.1% of his passes. That's a career high. That's a huge number. He's 8.7 yards per attempt so far. Right. That's a career high. 4.9% touchdown rate is right on schedule for him, right around his career average. It was very low last year. So you're getting 32 passes, like, maximum. And uh, their defense is Good and probably going to turn over Washington. Like You you know what I'm getting at. The game script isn't great for golf, but he's been right. so efficient. Uh,
2: I think the yeah. thing, you, you you made a good comparison there because what did Sean McVay spend a lot of time talking about with the
1: backfield?
0: Yeah, you're right. Which team did he want to mirror? They're uh-huh. morphing into the Niners. How about that? Wouldn't be a bad thing
1: for them. No, it would be bad for fantasy, but not, not for them.
2: Well, if he's, still, if he's still in the 30s in these games, remember, they still have to face you're Seattle. Right. Yep. That's going to be some high-volume games. They're probably not going to have the same success you know, with low volume against the 49ers. The game that's a little concerning when you're just looking at these numbers is the Cowboys game because that's a game you thought, okay, maybe they could be in a shootout and that wasn't the case in week one.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, he just didn't throw a touchdown in week one, but he he played well, like you said. All right. So the Rams wide receivers, it's just tough to get away from them. The Rams running backs, it's easy to get away from them and Tyler Higby uh, like Ebron and uh, Ebron over him. If he doesn't score, he's going to be bad. That's the problem. Right. Uh, Washington has allowed the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends. That is a little skewed. They faced the Eagles. They faced Mark Andrews. Um, yeah, so, so, yeah, Ebron or Higby? Higby. Higby. There's more There's more touchdown potential in this game, than, you know, just based on what he should be able to do. Sit Kyle Allen and start Antonio Gibson. How about Gibson versus Gurley and Mostert? Where do you rank them?
2: Gibson over Gurley and PPR most um, or over both.
0: Yeah, I'm down with that. Gibson looks great most of the time. His speed is awesome. They're getting him more involved in the passing game. I think moving to Kyle Allen will actually be really good for Gibson. Um, but he, there's still little nuances in his game where you can tell that he's just raw as a running back. But they Washington they has proven day. that they don't care about that. They're absolutely willing to take those lumps with him. And they're giving them a lot of work and I'm thrilled with it.
2: They made a big deal about how, and and this was kind of the, with the benching of Dwayne Haskins was last week was the first time they really started throwing to their running backs and it was Gibson and JD McKissick and their involvement was up and you saw Gibson, with I think it was four for 82 mm-hmm. in the passing game. He scored a touchdown on the ground each of the last three weeks. You know, he's just continuing to learn more. And I'll go back to, what I said earlier, Adam, I think it was Tuesday or, uh, or, or Thursday that this was the preseason. Their first four games are done. You know, Mm -hmm. so now you have this is the jumping off point for these rookies that are just you know starting to get the speed of the game, starting to understand what they're supposed to do. You don't like, you know, from a continuity standpoint, the quarterback change for Gibson, but not that it's gonna be a bad thing because of Dwayne Haskins not playing great. So, you know, Kyle Allen could come in and do some good things, he could do some bad things. But what did we see from Kyle Allen last year? Christian McCaffrey was fantastic, you know. So uh, he he doesn't look downfield, he looks right in front of him when there's a problem and I think you'll see him, you know, lean on Gibson and probably McKissick
0: as much as he can. And just for fun, go on DraftKings and check out Kyle Allen's price. Just for fun. Go take and a look at it. No. No, no, no. You will not vomit. Well, it's the cheapest. Ridiculously cheap. Yeah. There are injured quarterbacks that are going for more on (laughs) DraftKings than he is. Dwayne Haskins, the three times value, you need like 12 points and change. Haskins has hit at least that much every single week this season. Kyle Allen is, I think he's the free space this week.
1: Wow, okay. Josh Allen hopefully will play this week as we go to Buffalo at Tennessee, our last game. Josh Allen is top five for Dave and Jamie, and Heath has him 13th because Heath is baking in the... Possibility of the game not being played. Dave and Jamie are just saying, like, if this game is played, this is where Josh Allen is. That's my assumption, anyway. I think there's no chance Heath has Josh Allen thirteenth.
2: No, he's he's dropped all of his Titans yeah. and and Bills. Uh, I think he does that in advance of the Thursday game because that's what he would do if those games are canceled.
1: Right. Okay. Well, it's good. It's good to have those uh, different rankings. Um, Buffalo running backs. So, you, uh, of course, you're starting Singletary if Moss does not play. And again, I mentioned this, this is, by one metric, yards per carry allowed to running backs, the worst run defense in the NFL. Either way, they're not good, Tennessee. So how good of a start would Singletary be if Zach Moss does play? How would you compare him to that group of, you know, Mostert, Gurley, and Gibson?
0: He'd be
2: ahead of of him, for sure, in, in both formats. But I would take him over the other guys, probably still. I'd put it.
1: Okay, maybe I should start asking specifically Dave, Jamie, so you don't talk over each other. I am sorry about that. Buffalo wide receivers. Uh, Stefan Diggs, start. John Brown. Jave, how do you feel about John Brown, Jamie? <laughs>
0: Jamie. Oh, Dave. Well, what the hell are you doing? I'm just joking. About it. Go ahead, Dave. I think if he's active... And uh, first of all, I, I would start other receivers ahead of him at this point because he's not 100%. We just don't know about the game being yeah, played. Yeah, yeah, But if it just comes to pass that you have the chance to start him this week and he's active on Tuesday, you go with him.
1: Okay. And then Beasley over... Who's better, Beasley or Brown? Let's say they both play. I'm, I'm
2: not confident in John Brown right now because of his health. So, you know, the video I saw of him coming up lane was not good. And even though they get the extra time, just don't don't love it. So I would play Beasley at this point.
1: I don't know who on earth would start Dawson Knox, but the Titans have allowed touchdowns to Noah Fant, Tyler Eifert, and Kyle Rudolph. So there's that.
2: I mean, look for what it's for what it's worth, Tyler Croft had a two touchdown game two weeks ago when Dawson Knox was out. So that could be something that you know they like yeah. with their tight
1: ends. Ryan Tannehill is eighteenth for Javon and Jamie, nineteenth for Heath. And I was surprised by that. It was a little lower than I thought. Dave already kind of. I, I dropped
2: him a few spots with the game scenario. So he'll probably move up a couple spots.
1: Okay. And Dave mentioned he's a little worried that they might be rusty, which I get. Um, start Derek Henry. A.J. Brown is a number two, number three, borderline number two, number three wide receiver.
0: A.J. Brown or Marquise Brown? A.J. I'll take Marquise. Marquise. The part of the problem with the Titans is just we don't know if the game's for sure going to get played. I'm, let's so just do this I'm whole. Let's just do this Sunday, whole
1: thing like like it is going to be played. They're for sure going to play. Yeah, let's just let's just do this uh, this preview. I'll, with that I'll assumption.
0: probably couch it and say PPR Brown, uh, AJ Brown, and everything else, Marquise Brown.
2: I, I would if I uh, don't have to give up too much. I'd be making as many offers for AJ Brown as I can right now because yes. their schedule should be good, uh, assuming that they play. <laughs> but um, he's about to see as many targets he can handle. Who knows how long Corey Davis will be out. So I think it's going to be, if he has a big game this week, you're going to miss out on.
0: I would do the same thing with Derek Henry. Because I wonder if the fantasy manager who has Henry is starting to get nervous about, well, how's this season going to go for Tennessee? Do you really think the Titans are like not going to play a game again or only play like you know eight games the rest of the way? That would be... Sure. Low probability, if you ask me. Sure.
2: It's a little, it's a little harder to, to try and pry Derek Henry from somebody, but it's compared easy, to Brown, know, okay. sure,
0: I agree with that. But you could try still.
1: Okay, and John U. Smith. You know, ordinarily we'd be a little nervous about tight ends against the Bills, but I don't think that's the case now. We saw what Darren Waller no and, and Mike Asicki did when uh, Tremaine Edmonds
0: leads the NFL in yeah. yards after catch allowed.
1: Wow, that's a great stat. Stat of the day:
0: 174 yards after catch allowed by Tremaine Edmonds. Wow.
1: Okay. Start Jonu Smith.
0: Jonu's game.
1: Buffalo DST. Uh, tenth for Jamie. Fourth for Dave. Fourteenth for Heath. Fourth for Buffalo DST. They really haven't been very good.
0: Rusty Titans.
1: Okay. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. We've got uh, the mailbag coming out tomorrow. We've got HQ this weekend. You can ask us questions with hashtag AskFFT. Uh, good luck. Good luck in week five. Let's hope all the games get played. And Thanks, thank you. And that's it. We're done. Bye.